Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're glad that you're here with us. And we have some good stuff today that the Lord has put on my heart. Amen. We're going to continue our study in the Blood Covenant. But we're going to focus today in Hebrews chapter 8. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn over there. And while you're doing that, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this day thanking you, praising you for the opportunity to study your word, the word which became flesh and dwelt among us, the word who is Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And Jesus, we thank you that you lead and you guide us through this study by your Holy Spirit to reveal yourself to us in the scriptures. And to the Father, we give all honor, all glory, all praise, all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Join me in our confession of faith, commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. Again, we do this each and every Sunday morning. Just to, to lay that solid foundation so that everything we build is built upon this foundation. Amen? I call it our statement of faith. And just repeat these words after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where we shall, or he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
as I said, we're going to be continuing our study of the blood covenant. This is our third week now, glory to God. And I don't know about you, but I'm learning more as I am studying this out. Hallelujah. And when I learn more, glory to God, you learn more. Amen. So, as we go through this, uh, again, turn to Hebrews chapter 8, if you have your Bible. Matter of fact, let's just go over there, Hebrews chapter 8 right now. It's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit kind of dovetails our studies all together. It's like interwoven, and we can see the blood covenant through all of these scriptures. As we've gone through in this study... We've seen some very special things weaving these things together. Things, when you read them separately, they don't seem all that important. But when taken in light of the blood covenant, they become very important. Amen? And I think it's generally on these occasions that the Spirit of God gives us kind of a double dose so that we can really let these things sink in. Glory to God. Now, the book of Hebrews, let me just mention this to you before we get started. The, the book of Hebrews is a great book, but it's not an easy book to understand. There are many difficult things in the book of Hebrews. And most of the difficulty comes from the fact that we cannot see it in the light of the Jewish mind. We can't see it in the context of Judaism because... Most of us have not been raised in Judaism. And this is to whom the book was written. Uh, some of you are Jewish believers who spent a portion of your life in Judaism. And you find the book of Hebrews speaking perhaps a little more directly to you. And some points are uh, more clearly understood by you than to Gentile believers or to Jewish believers who had no religious up, upbringing or background. And so we find it sometimes difficult at certain points, and yet how the Spirit of God has thrilled us and blessed us as we've studied through, uh, as we go through particularly the priesthood of Jesus. I mean, this is where it all comes home. Amen? And... That, on this study of the blood covenant, I want to remind you that the theme of the letter to the Hebrews is about the absolute sufficiency and superiority of Jesus Christ. And the point of the letter is to tell those Jews in that community to which this letter was written that they can put everything on Jesus Christ. They can put all of their confidence in Him. All of their hope in Him. All of their trust in Him. And so can you. This letter to the Hebrews is telling that they can drop entirely all of the old features that they were brought up in in Judaism. For Christ Jesus is superior in all aspects. He is sufficient for them. Amen? That's the thrust of this book that was written to the Jewish believers, the Hebrews. The, the writer, and the writer of the book of Hebrews is really unknown. It's theorized that it's 
the Apostle Paul, but it can't be proven, that the message this writer is giving is to tell the Jews they don't need a combination of the old and the new. They don't have to hang strictly on the old covenant traditions that they can come to Christ who is everything they need. Amen. And we can see how the writer says that Jesus is better than the angels. Hallelujah. Jesus is better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. And on down the line. And the writer of the book of Hebrews shows that Christ is superior to all of those who are in the Old Covenant. But the primary issue and the key to uh, the Old Covenant is the priesthood. Amen. The priesthood of Jesus. That's what dominates the Old Testament is scriptures about the priesthood. That was the way which God and man were brought together. Think about it. So the priesthood becomes the key. And if Jesus is to introduce a new covenant, if he's to be superior to all of those connected with the old, then he must be a superior priest to the Jewish people as well. Amen? Turn instead of chapter 8, go to chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The writer of Hebrews begins to talk about the priesthood of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, he says, We have a great high priest, Jesus, Yeshua, the Son of God. And from there he goes on from verse 5, 6, 7, 8, even 9 and 10. He's still talking about the priesthood of Jesus. So this then is the great focus, the great crux of the book of Hebrews. For really the old covenant was based on a functioning priesthood. So the new covenant must also be based on a functioning priesthood as well. And if it's better, then that naturally infers that he, Jesus, is a better priest. So the writer is hammering his point home to show us the fact that Jesus is a superior priest. Not just any priest, but high priest. Higher than any other high priest. Amen? Now his priesthood is superior primarily as we've studied in our, our time with the blood covenant. If you missed the prior two broadcasts, I urge you to go back to our archives and, and listen to them. Get caught up, amen, at ftfm.org. But Jesus' priesthood is a priesthood after a different order. His priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek, which was introduced to us at the beginning of chapter 5 and verse 6. Now, the priesthood of Melchizedek, being a superior priesthood and having been prophesied to occur from the Psalms, really indicates that the old priesthood would pass away and be replaced. So if there's a superior priesthood, 
it will certainly come into view at some point in time. And David directly prophesied in the Psalms that it would. And it did. And the writer of Hebrews uses the argument of prophecy to prove that the old priesthood would be set aside and a new one would come into being. A new one would be instituted. And the new one would be after the order of Melchizedek. And that's the account of the man back in Genesis chapter 14 that now becomes the picture of the new priesthood. Amen. And as we've seen in our study, and just a quick review, we saw that Melchizedek and his priesthood was superior. First of all, because it was a priesthood forever, the Bible says. There was no beginning or ending, but Aaron's priesthood was bound by time. The Levitical priesthood was only involved with time. And you can see this as you study about the book of Leviticus, that they had the certain performance of certain ceremonies and certain offerings at certain times of year on a continuing basis, year after year, over and over and over and over and over again, always bringing back, the Bible says, the or the remembrance of the sinfulness of the people. Every time they offered a new sacrifice, it reminded them that they were sinners and that they needed a blood sacrifice in order to be righteous in the eyes of God, at least until they committed their next sin. Amen. And something we need to understand is that the priesthood of which Jesus is a priest is better because it was confirmed not by the blood of animals, but by an oath. We studied before the fact that when God makes an oath, it is a permanent confirmation, an eternal confirmation. And if you go through the book of Leviticus, God never makes an oath with the Aaron priesthood. The Aaronic priesthood was always, always, always intended to be a temporary priesthood. That's why they had different high priests. Amen. Another point we need to understand is that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior because it's a priesthood that was founded on personal greatness whereas the Levitical priesthood was founded upon racial heredity. In other words, if you were not from the lineage of Aaron, just forget about it. You are not going to be a priest, ever, period. End of story. You were not going to be a priest if you could not trace your bloodline through Aaron. Something that you can see about the priesthood of Christ is that it's better because death cannot interrupt it. For Jesus lives forever. Amen. Whereas death continually crept in and continually interrupted the Levitical priesthood. Those priests kept on dying all the time. And not only that, but Jesus' priesthood is better because it offered one sacrifice forever. Not an endless repetition of sacrifices. Also, we can see that Jesus' priesthood is better because it was so pure that he did not need to offer a sacrifice for his own sins. And so it was a holy priesthood in a way that the Levitical priesthood could never be. Since they had to offer a sacrifice for their own sins before they could ever offer a sacrifice for anybody else. 
Jesus' priesthood we see is superior because it can take men into the presence of God and anchor them there forever. Amen. The Bible says that, that no one who's in God's hand, no devil from hell could ever yank them out of his hand. Amen. Glory to God. That's something the old priesthood could not do. There was always a veil with the Levitical priesthood. But in Christ, that veil has been ripped apart and we have full access to the Father. Glory to God. And then if you go through closing out chapter 7, it's a priesthood that saves to the uttermost, the Bible says, totally and forever, something also that the Levitical priesthood could not do. Amen? So if we read the book of Hebrews from chapter 4 through chapter 7, the word of God clearly shows us the fact that Jesus is a priest. Not just a priest, but a high priest. Not just a high priest, but superior to every other high priest in the old system. And not only is he superior, and we don't want to get only that idea, the idea that He's so superior that we can't even approach him. No, 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 no. He's not only superior so far and beyond and above us, but at the same time, he's touched with our feelings and with our infirmities. Amen? He senses what we sense. He has in all points been tempted, just like we do, yet without sin. He never gave in to sin temptation, ever. Amen? Glory to God. He is compassionate and personal. And so, though he is the superior high priest, though he is a loftier high priest than any high priest that ever lived, he is at the same time a condescending and compassionate priest. That is a description of our high priest. Amen? Glory to God. And all that leads up to the beginning statement in Hebrews chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now, of the things which we have spoken of, everything that I just talked about from Hebrews chapter 4 up through chapter 7, of the things we've just spoken of, this is the sum we have such a high priest. Glory to God. That's about all we can say to wrap it up. Such a high priest. Of all the things that we just spoke about, this is what you can sum it all up as. We have such as this as our high priest. You know, the Bible chooses amazing descriptive adjectives. Amen? If you go to Ephesians, it says that he's redeemed us because of his great love. You say, oh, Paul, oh, not only just great, I mean, you can use that word great so flippantly, but when the word of God uses a word, it means the, the true meaning of that word is in its purest sense. It cannot really deal with the problem that we have through the process of language and translations and translations of translations, amen, to where the meaning of the word 
deteriorate. So words used that mean something mean nothing now, and you have to invent new ones. No, it's not like that. The scripture says, we have such a high priest who's superior in every fashion to all the old way of doing things. What a message this is to the Jew. Remember, we're trying to frame the book of Hebrews in the mind and the the eyes of the Jewish people. This is Jesus Christ. This is Yeshua, the Messiah. You don't need any other stuff. That's all, all that stuff is all second rate, second class. For we have such a high priest who can do everything that no other high priest could ever do. And then he goes on to says, We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. Now down in verse 6, he says he has a more excellent ministry. In verse 6, he has a better covenant. In verse 6, he has better promises. And he he goes on to talk about that. Amen. We have received a priest that is more excellent than any other. His ministry is more excellent. His covenant is more excellent. His promises are more excellent. Just think of the wonder of the Jewish people as they are reading this section of the letter which was written to them. All of their lives they had, generation after generation, trusted in their Levitical priests. They've been instructed from early childhood to venerate the Levitical system, to venerate the Aaronic priesthood. There was nothing higher in their minds except God himself. It's kind of... It's kind of like how Catholics venerate the Pope. But here comes the word of God to them and says, Listen to this. We've got a high priest to turn to now who passes up all the other ones so that all the other ones are replaced. Not added to, but thrown aside. And Jesus is substituted for them. And a far superior priest he is. Amen. Glory to God. And the one who now comes to God must discard the entire old way of thinking and of doing things. Must drop it all together and come to Christ. It's a similar problem, you see, to kind of similar to the problem of the Galatians. When Paul wrote and said, Don't go back and get tangled up again with the yoke of bondage that Christ released you from. Have you begun in the Spirit? Are you so foolish that now you're going to walk in the flesh? I mean, the Galatians were trying to get back into legalism. He's saying, just drop that entire system and come to Christ. That's the message. Amen. Brother Bob, what does all this have to do with the blood covenant? Because this covenant was established by the blood of Christ. Amen. But it's important, I'm focusing today on the priesthood so that you get a full grasp and a full understanding of just what just what that means. Amen. For the Spirit has a lot to say about the priesthood of Jesus. But very much more still needs to be said. I mean, in Hebrews 8.1, it just gives us a peak. Amen. I mean, we've been going up 
to put it into analogy, we've been climbing this hill. We've been going up, going up, going up, talking about the blood covenant. Now we're at the priesthood. We're going up, and now we're at the peak. After the peak, you're going to come back down on the other side. Amen? So there's still a lot of good stuff left. Glory to God. That's just, you could say, the, the capstone of the entire meaning of the book of Hebrews. Glory to God. Now in this chapter... And we're going to try and go through all 13 verses of Hebrews chapter 8. So try and stay with me here. I'm not going to hurry because I don't want to skip anything. But you could go deeper. We could spend two, three studies just on Hebrews chapter 8. But I'm going to try and summarize it all uh, in, in this one session. Because the writer gives us three very important points indicating that Jesus is a superior high priest. And these are fantastic points. And, and I thank God that I'm able to share them with you because three points will prove he's a better priest, superior. And those three points are his seat, his sanctuary, and his superior covenant. Amen. I realize that to the Gentile mind, even to my mind, these things don't always just get just drilled into our mind. Let's let the Spirit of God be our teacher and see what it is God wants us to see. Amen. And perhaps if things are not directly applicable to problems we face in the world today, they shall be to those of Israel whom we are called to share Christ with. Amen. First of all, he's a superior priest. Jesus is a superior priest because of his seat. Oh, I just love this. Listen. Now of the things which we've spoken of, this is the sum. We have such a high priest. That's chapter 8, verse 1. We'll just stop right there. Who is seated? Or your Bible might say set, but the actual word means to sit down. He is seated. That's a fantastic statement. And just to make a statement like this to a Jew, the Jew would think, oh, well, then he must need to get up quickly. You see, a priest can't sit down. No priest at any time ever sat down while performing his duties of the priesthood. Jesus has been presented as our great high priest. And now, here comes to the sum total that we can summarize everything about his priesthood. Watch this now. It says, we have spoken. This is of all, the sum of all that we've spoken of. This is the sum. The Greek word there means this is the chief point. This is the apex. This is the peak. The main thing. We've said a lot of great things, but here's the most important point of all. That's what it's saying in the Greek. The most important feature about our high priest is he is sitting down. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. 
And remember, we serve an awesome God. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.